Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, on today's episode of Root Like Faith, we'll be reviewing the stages of growth that we talked about last week and beginning to introduce the idea of the wall. And I know we mentioned this last week, and I said we're going to really get into it this week. And that's the season when we hit that wall. It's the season where God feels distant. So we're going to explore what God is doing specifically when he feels far away. So let's get started. All right. Well, last week we talked about the different stages of growth and be sure to start there. If you have not listened to last week's episode, it's, I feel like, honey, do you agree with me? Really important that you listen to last week's episode. Absolutely. Not that you can't get anything from this episode, but we talked about the different stages of growth. And let me just briefly go over those before we kind of get into this whole idea of what we do or what God is doing, I should say, when he seems far away and when we hit the wall. You'll understand that as we go, as we talk about these stages of growth and and especially once you listen to the last episode. So the first stage of growth that we talked about was the converted life. And that's when we accept Jesus into our life. The second stage is the learning life. That's when, you know, we start following Christ. We can't get enough. We cannot get enough of reading the Bible, of going to Bible study, whatever it is. We can't get enough of him. The third stage is the active life. And that's when we kind of transition into all we're learning, we start serving. And we can't serve enough either, I would say. Um, And then we have what is called the wall, where we find ourselves hitting the wall. And this is when we can experience burnout, or maybe we have a crisis in our life. Maybe somebody passes away, or we have a health diagnosis, um, divorce, whatever it is, this is um, when we can hit the wall. And I think this is when we see, uh, when we start to feel like God is far away. And we kind of wonder, Lord, where are you? Are you even active in my life anymore? And so that's where we're going to kind of plant ourselves today. Yeah. And just really quickly, you know, I think it's important. We pointed this out in the last episode, but the stages are progressive. Um, and so they're all necessary. You can't skip one or, you mm, know, sort of that uh, is, you know, yeah, jump, good to, point. jump to number three without going through number two. Um, and so they are progressive and they're all necessary. But the other thing to really keep in mind, I think that's important, is that they're not linear. And so, you know, it's not like you just sort of finish one and check that off and then go on to the next one. Right. And so oftentimes there's great overlap. We we spend more time in maybe one stage versus another, and we can go back to different stages over the course of our lifetime. And so they're they're progressive, but they're also not linear. And and so really what God is is up to as we go through these different stages is he's changing us differently. And so we're growing in Christ likeness and holiness. Or maturity, and uh, God is really encouraging us to grow. He's a Father that loves us; He wants life for us, mm-hmm. and so um, it, it's a good process, a uh, good journey. It's a it's a lifelong relationship that God has us in. Yeah, well, and I think it's important. I th- I mentioned last week that I feel like it's so important to understand this because. 
how many people hit the wall and they don't realize that that's where they're at and they don't know what to do. And so I think you mentioned last week that what happens when we hit the wall is that we then, instead of progressing through the next stages, learning how to kind of navigate through that season of burnout or, um, you know, loss, disappointment, uncertainty, instead of learning how to navigate through that time and let God really grow us and change us we we kind of cycle back through and we just keep hitting the wall or we're just stuck at the wall there are some authors that would say that the american church as a whole is stuck in the first three cycles Mm. and so as you think about the and and primarily who they're talking about is most evangelical protestant churches Mm. are stuck in stages one two and three and so maybe if you come from a different an eastern orthodox background or catholic background this idea of, of the spiritual journey or the interior life might be more familiar mm. to you. Mm-hmm. And so some authors would say that, yeah, the vast majority of Protestant churches, we, we, we maybe don't have a good understanding mm-hmm. of the process, the journey and the different stages. So we get stuck in stages one, two, and three. We hit that wall. We mm-hmm. get burned out. We don't know what like, to do. I'm never, I'm never teaching kids again and, and uh, you know, or uh, we, I, mean, and how- I, I don't know what to do. And so I'm just going to quit and or cycle back. I need another Bible study. Yeah, and I think about just pastoral ministry over the last 20 plus years and how many people have, you know, eventually they just, they might leave or maybe they're going through a hard time or they kind of feel like they're floundering a little bit and then they're just gone. You know, I wonder how many of those people are really just hitting the wall. Absolutely. And it it is sobering to think about because again, the vast majority of, of Christians, like we, we just don't know what to do mm, in that season. Right. And there are fewer guides as mm, we progress in the spiritual life. There's yeah. fewer people that have chosen to enter into that season, that stage of, of the wall, the dark night of the mm-hmm. soul, and have come out of it by God's grace and with the help of, of other people in their life. And so it's sobering to think about, um, you know, a lot of Christians who, who enter into that season and now church feels different to them. Um, mm. They they feel burned out. They feel disconnected. And there are fewer voices that are able to to kind of speak into their life and to help navigate mm. them through that that difficult and dark season, so mm-hmm. that they come out into that next stage of the inner life or the inward life, and then and then back to the outward life where mm-hmm. we're now loving in a new, deeper way. Mm-hmm. And so there are I, I can think of so many people mm-hmm. um, that have entered into that season and have they don't um, know what to do. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so as we're talking about this, I think that again, it's why it's so important for us to understand what God is up to in each of these stages. That each of these stages are really important and and they're normal. And so as somebody hits the wall or enters into the dark night of the soul, like nothing's wrong with you. Right. It's not because you lack faith. Um, this is a part of the journey and God is doing something very unique uh, in this season. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said in the last episode, this has to be a choice mm-hmm. that when we hit the wall, we make a choice. Not everybody enters into the dark night of the soul or enters into this season of wrestling uh, with who God is mm-hmm. and, and what God wants to teach us. And so there comes a choice that we have to make. We can't mm-hmm. just cycle back to stages one, two, and three. We have to enter into what God wants to do in mm-hmm. us. And it's really a season maybe most marked by by surrender. Mm, we have yes. this choice to surrender to who God is, what he's up to, and recognize that God is so much bigger than, than mm-hmm. we probably realize. And some of the answers that we had before are not making sense. And so we're surrendering to who God is, how he's revealed himself in his word and going, okay, God, um, I might not feel you right now, but I trust you mm-hmm. and I trust your word. And so I'm going to surrender to what you're doing in this season, whether it lasts for a month or whether it lasts for two years or three years. Right. And I think, you know, so I'm thinking about the listener uh, who's listening right now, who feels like God is far away 
is distant and maybe they're at the wall right now. And I think that it's important to just state here that we all have times in our life where God feels distant. Um, we all are going to come to this wall at some point. And I feel, I, I mentioned last week that I would, that I wanted you to share nothing like putting you on the spot, but that I wanted <laughs> you to share your experience, your personal experience with this, because again, I think it's important to people, for people to know that they are not alone. Yeah, and, and again, I, you're right. We all experience there's times where, where God does feel distant, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're in the dark night of the soul. There's there's times just in any given week or any given day we don't necessarily feel God's presence. But in that unique season when we hit the wall, it's usually marked by some time of, of uncertainty, maybe a health crisis or the loss of a loved one or maybe a midlife mm-hmm. you know type issue. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why people hit the wall and and at that moment or in that season they have a choice now i'm either going to move forward and and navigate this season by mm-hmm. god's grace with the help of other people uh, or i'm not and and i hit that season you know right around the time i was diagnosed or actually shortly after i was diagnosed mm-hmm. i didn't know it at the time i didn't i didn't necessarily have language um to wrap around what it was that i was feeling or experiencing but as most of our listeners know i mean i was diagnosed with a type of blood cancer in January of 2018, we were in the middle of planting a church. We were in the middle of writing a book. I was in the middle of doing my doctoral studies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had all sorts of things going on. And, I, and I've always had a pretty good motor, like I love to go and to do, and I'm a dreamer. And so we were pressing on with all of those things, even in the midst of, of my cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I remember writing part of that book while I was in the hospital for my first mm-hmm. stem cell transplant. And so rest does not always come easy for me. Mm-hmm. And yet as we came out of that and by God's grace, we saw the cancer go into remission. You know, I think it was probably six months after that where you and I, as we would go for walks and we would talk, we began to really go, gosh, what does the future look like for us in terms of the church that we're leading? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was really beginning to wrestle at that time with, I didn't know it, but I was really wrestling with burnout. Mm. Uh, I was exhausted. I was wiped out. I mean, every phone call, every text message mm. was a major drain on me because I just didn't have anything left to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt emotionally spent, physically spent, spiritually and here, spent. I mean, here you are a pastor. Um, and here I'm I mean, a pastor. I just want people to know. <laughs> Which is like a bad this, combination. Well, no, but I mean, I want people to know that this happens, this can happen to anyone. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So... I won't you know share all of those details, but but I I got counsel to basically go see um, a Christian counselor, a Christian psychologist in the area, and I remember sitting with him in his office on that first day, and I was just kind of sharing with him what we'd been through over the last two years, and he's like, "Yeah, you're. I mean, right. who wouldn't be burned out? Who wouldn't be exhausted? Who, you know?" And he, of course, had a very good understanding of of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling me, if you don't do something different, you're not going to make it. Mm. Um, I mean, he understood where I was at, what was going on in my soul. And he said, you've got to be a good steward of your soul. This is an Mm. opportunity for you to model what it looks like to take care of your soul. And of course, he's talking about this lifelong journey, this season of of hitting the wall of the dark night of the soul. And there's a lot more I could share about that. I I think in in the year and a half um, after that, Um, not only did I go through, um, you know, counseling with him, Mm -hmm. uh, I went out to Colorado and spent time at restoring the soul, uh, which is a a ministry designed for people who are in different seasons or circumstances. And it was a, it was a week of intensive counseling and direction Mm -hmm. that was incredibly transformational for me. 
And God really used that again to, I think, restore my soul, mm-hmm. um, to, to help, uh, navigate, um, help me navigate through this, this season of the, the dark night and the journey inward. Mm-hmm. And, and those things have been incredibly important for me that there are other people that have been a part of that journey that still are. Um, but that is very real. Um, that right. has been very real for me in my own life, or this has been very real for me as mm-hmm. we talk about these different stages in particular, we talk about the wall, the dark night of the soul. It's been very, very real for me over the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. And by God's grace, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm learning to breathe again. Mm-hmm. I have life again and I can love again, mm-hmm. um, in a new way, in a deeper way. And so that's just a, a bit of my story through some of these stages over the last couple of years. And I, and I wanted you to share that because I feel like that is just a real life example of how helpful it is to understand these stages because you didn't understand these stages at that time. I don't think correct. Had no. you read about these stages before? I, I had read about It's interesting because um, somebody had given me the critical journey almost 15 years ago. And I remember it was a, it was a friend of mine who's in pastoral ministry and I remember reading it and going, what is he talking about? Mm. And so as I've been journeying over the last you know, year or so, I actually pulled that book off of my shelf and began reading again. And it was like, oh, I get it. I get it. This yeah. is what he was going through. And I wasn't there yet. Like I hadn't experienced that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we had talked about this in my discipleship um, cohort, a part of my doctoral studies. Mm. And even then, you know, I, I understood it uh, in, in a cognitive way. I understood it mentally but I hadn't yet experienced it mm-hmm. and, and I didn't understand fully what it meant to go through some of those stages in particular, what it looked like to go through the wall, the dark night of the soul and come out on the other end. I just didn't know anybody necessarily that, that had that kind of language or that mm-hmm. experience um, in the ways that we've been talking about. And so right. it has been so incredibly, it's been very new to me um, even after 20 years of pastoral ministry right. and how God has placed certain people in my life. Uh, to really help me walk through this season. Well, it helps you put words to where you're at, you know, and, yep. and helps you move forward, which is why we want to talk about this on the podcast. So that shows, you know, I, I wanted him to share that so that you could see as the listener that if you're in the, if God feels far away right now, if he feels distant, you are not alone. This is very normal. Um, this is a, you know, part of the spiritual journey. And so when you, when you hit that wall today, we're just talking about specifically, um, you know, what to do when God feels distant next week, we are going to talk more about journey journey. Oh, that's a really hard. Can you say that word, honey? I'm journeying. not going to try. Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> journeying. 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 Journeying inward. Okay, there we go. Got it. <laughs> um, but next week, we're going to talk more about, you know, what God is doing as we journey inward. Um, and today, specifically, uh, we want to talk about what you can do practically when God feels distant. Yeah, I think it's, you know, really important for us to, to first of all, just understand like the, there, there's a great, you know, example um, in the Bible of, of G, you know, some, some commentators have described Jesus, um, you know, the, uh, his, his um, example for us in Luke chapter 22. And so maybe we can read that particular passage um, as is just a biblical example of Jesus walking through the dark night of the soul. And so Luke chapter 22 um, starting in verse 39, um, going through verse 46. You so, want me to read it, honey? Are you sure, gonna, yeah, okay. if you want to. Well, listen, wow, I like... my goodness, what a service. I was always the one to raise my hand. I and, could see that. And like... I could see that. Uh, like, because I don't Teacher's know. Teacher's pet. 
<laughs> I just like reading out loud. So, okay. Um, Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On, uh-oh, honey, I can't read it. <laughs> You're going to have to make that a little smaller or something. Wow. Where were you? know what? Jesus went out um, as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. Uh, on reaching that place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and he prayed. And verse 42 says, Father, if you are willing, take the cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Of course, Jesus here is talking about uh, going to the cross. Um, he understands what is ahead of him, what's on the horizon. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup mm. from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven approached him and strengthened him. This is interesting. This is only the second time an angel has ever come and ministered to Jesus. Mm. It's first time we see that at the, is at the beginning in the temptation in the desert in Matthew chapter four, where Jesus comes out of that temptation and he's strengthened by a, a, an angelic messenger or a messenger from God. Um, and here's the second time towards the end of his public ministry. But verse 44 says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And so the more he was in anguish, mm. the more he prayed. And his sweat was like drops of blood mm. falling to the ground. I mean, Jesus had reached sort of the the, the limit of, of human right. suffering. Uh, when he rose from prayer and he went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? Ask them, get up and pray that you will not fall into temptation. Now, there's mm. so much we could say about this passage. But again, this is what some commentators have described as Jesus's dark night of the soul. He's alone. Mm -hmm. Those who are closest to him don't even know how to minister to him. Mm -hmm. They actually let him down in his time of need. Um, his friends aren't there to encourage him, support him, pray for him. They fall asleep on the job, if you will. Mm -hmm. And he's incredible. He's an incredible anguish. Um, it's just he and the father and he knows what's coming and it's in that context and that environment that Jesus is still able to say, not my will be done, mm. but your will be done. Mm. And so there's so many parallels. Um, when we look at what Jesus went through and what we go through, obviously it's not perfect in terms of the parallels, but many commentators have used that as a biblical example of the dark night of the mm -hmm. soul that even Jesus walked through a very difficult time where his father seemed distant. Mm -hmm. There was great darkness around him. He didn't understand. Um, you know, he's, he was asking for, for the father to take the cup away from him. And yet at the end of the day, he was still choosing mm -hmm. out of obedience to the father and love for us to, to drink that cup mm -hmm. by going to the cross. Yeah. So, I mean, what do we do? I mean, that's the question. I mean, what do we do when we find ourselves like you found yourself like, you know, like we just read um, about Jesus, when we are when we're in the middle of the dark night of the soul, when God feels far away, when he seems distant, when we've hit the wall, what can we do or what should we do practically? How I mean, where do we go from there? Yeah, I think I mean, a couple things before we hit those practical um, sort of takeaways or things we can specifically do, because this season in particular is is a, a season where, again, God seems really, really distant. He seems far. We don't understand what he's doing. And so just maybe really quickly, it's helpful to remember that when we hit the wall, when we enter into the dark night of the soul, what God is doing is he's oftentimes dealing with our brokenness. He's dealing mm. with our sin. He's dealing with our wounds. Mm -hmm. um, he's in this season, many times dealing with false images that we have about him. Mm -hmm. And so there are all sorts of things that, that God is up to. He's dealing with our disordered loves. Mm. Uh, again, the things that we, that we look to our our addiction to entertainment, our addiction to stuff. 
Mm. consumerism, all of that stuff gets poked at and disrupted. And we begin to realize I have loved other things and these are lesser Mm. things than God. Mm. And these are things that could never satisfy me. They can't fulfill me in the same way that my relationship with God, the father can through the son and the power of the spirit. And so, so God is really up to helping us see our disordered loves, dealing with our brokenness, some of those false images that we have of him. Mm -hmm. He's also really detaching us from, from our, our flesh and he's attaching Mm -hmm. us to himself Mm -hmm. so that we might, you know, again, be rooted in who he is and the love and the life that he has for us. And so it's really, really important for us that we just understand that that perceived absence of God, it's perceived Mm -hmm. because it's not real. God isn't really distant from us. He's with us. He's for us. He's promised in his word to never forsake us. It's perceived absence of God. We just can't feel as apt or we can't feel as present. Right, because Those are two very different things. I, well, I think we've mentioned before, too, that when God feels distant, it's usually not him. It's us. Well, right. it isn't him. It's us. Um, and, and that's what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think as we talk about then some specific things that we can do, because, again, I think everybody at some point we, we experience that and it, it it's healthy. It's how God grows us. It's a part of us now beginning to journey inward, which we're going to talk mm-hmm. about the, in the next episode so that we can move outward again in, in a more Christ-like way and give our life away and love to other people freely. And so I think some things that, that we can do that are helpful in this season. Um, and again, this is so the, the dark night of the soul. It's hard to talk about it because everybody's experience is so different. Mm -hmm. And some people are in this stage or in this, you know, in these circumstances for six months. Some people are in this season for, for years. And so it's difficult Mm -hmm. to say, if you just do a, B and C, you're going to come out of it and be fine. Um, It's not that easy. Well, it's not like God's not that predictable. It's going to take three months and you'll be, no, it's not like that at all. But I think that there are some things that, that are helpful for us to do and to remember as we enter into that season, or if you're listening and you feel like you're in that place. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I would just say really practically is just is number one is to make a choice to go onward. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that you just keep doing what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds so simple. I mean, there were times, there were many times over, you know, that that course that I was describing where it's like even reading my Bible was difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And even praying was difficult. I couldn't find the words or the words seemed so shallow. They, They just seemed like sort of a bubble. That, that you know floated up in the air and sort of evaporated or broke. And so I think that, that as we enter into the dark night of the soul, as we're in that season where God does feel distant, it's good to remember to, to keep doing what we've all always done. We keep reading our Bible. We keep praying. We keep going to church. We keep mm. worshiping. We just keep doing right. what we know is the right, right thing to do, whether we feel it or not. Because the tendency, I mean, this is just what happens. If, if God feels far away, most of the time we aren't seeking after him. You know, we're, we kind of just give up. You know, yeah. we stop going to church. We stop reading our Bible. Well, I think it's really easy. I think this season is really, it's, it's a very dangerous, it's a, it's a mm. necessary season, but I would also say it's a very dangerous season. Mm. I know lots of people who've entered into this and they've, they've gone off they haven't um, gone onward. the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've gone onward, but they've, they've stepped outside of, of, uh, God's word and, and they, they, um, have drifted spiritually, Mm, mm -hmm. uh, they drift from the church. And so it can be a very, very dangerous season because it is a season of uncertainty and surrender and your perceptions about God sometimes get, get blown out of the water. And so people have a real tendency in this stage to really go off the rails, Mm -hmm. um, you know, theologically, biblically. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it is a time of searching and a time of hunger, wanting the real thing. We're, we're so tired 
of, of, you know, maybe the ways that, that, um, an experience with God has been manipulated or, mm. uh, we, we can tell the difference between that. And we just yeah. are so hungry for the real thing. We just want God's presence. Mm-hmm. And so it can be a really, really good season, but it can be a dangerous season. Mm-hmm. Now, the second thing I would say is just remember the truth about God, no matter how you feel about mm-hmm. God. And that really does tie into the first thing. But I think just remembering the things that are true about God are true because that's what God's word says, not because of how I feel. Yes. And so we come back, you know, for example, Psalm 139 was okay, a favorite can I, passage. Can of I read mine. this so, one now? Sure. Because since I obviously didn't get to read the last one, <laughs> well, I tried. You tried, oh. but it's okay, honey. Okay. Psalm 139, seven through 10 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Yeah, I love that passage because again, this is this is the confidence that we have that God is with us. He is mm. for us. He is present with us, whether we perceive it or not. And so again, we keep coming back to what God's word says in this season, um, even when it's a season where we can't feel God's presence. Yeah, so Hebrews he- 13 verse 5 is another Mm-hmm. example of that. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. And so it's that reminder of what God's, what what is true, no matter how, whether I feel it or not. Right. He's teaching us to walk by faith yep. and not by feeling. Yep, absolutely. And so I think that's such a critical, critical part of this journey is really clinging to God's word, having a new understanding of, of the truth of God's word and the promises of God, um, whether we feel it or not. And God is, like you said, asking us to walk by faith and not by feeling. Now, the mm-hmm. third thing I think is really important is that this is a great season of just examining our own soul mm-hmm. and allowing the Holy Spirit to search us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in other traditions, the, the, the stages of spiritual growth um, are, are talked about as you know, the first stage is purgative. And, and what they mean by that is that in the first stage, there's this purging of sin. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that as we think about the dark night of the soul, it's like an incredible opportunity for us to to be open to God's truth and his love. And what he's doing, as we said before, is he's really detaching us from from lesser loves. Mm. Um, he's exposing to us or revealing to us disordered loves, things mm-hmm. that we look to that are not him, that can't give us what he offers us. And so it's an opportunity for us to do what the psalmist did. You know, David in Psalm 51 or Psalm 139, search me and know me. You know, see if there's anything offensive in me. Mm-hmm. And so this can be a great season of repentance, of, of new faith in God, of purging our lives of, of sin, of lesser loves that we've looked to. And so I would say this is a great season to to look introspectively at your own soul. Yeah. And, and I think we mentioned in the last episode, and we'd say here that this is where it's also important to seek counsel and accountability. Yeah, absolutely. Help you through this, um, that's a critical part. I, I remember sitting in the backyard um, with um, with a gentleman in the area who's been a, a spiritual friend, spiritual companion to me, and and we were sitting in the backyard, and I was, we were, I was actually doing this. I was just saying that you know I was beginning to share with him some just in some very real ways stuff that I was struggling mm-hmm. with, and um, and I remember look, I remember hearing this rustling in the bushes, and I looked over, and there his neighbor was out in the backyard. And I could see the the top of his neighbor's like head, I, you know, and, and I could see his gardening hat. And so his yard, he has a prayer garden in the back. And so we go and we sit back there and we talk and pray and read scripture. Oh, and, honey. And, uh, and, and I was in the middle of sharing, you know, some, Your some deepest, things. Your darkest like, yeah, secrets. Sharing, and and sudden, the neighbor was the neighbor listening. Was there. And I remember getting in my car going, 
oh, what did I say? Like trying that, to remember. What if that person goes to our church <laughs> and you know, did I really say that? And I had to conclude, yes, I really oh, did my say goodness. that. Those things really are coming from my heart. And so this season, I think in particular, there's an opportunity again to draw close to God. And I would say that the last thing, again, the last last for the episode, there's so many other things we could talk mm-hmm. about is that we just need to remember to persevere, you know, keep doing what we've been doing, but do more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep reading the scriptures, keep praying, keep seeking godly counsel, um, keep repenting of sin. And we keep persevering because this, again, is a season where we're learning that any fruit that we bear in our life comes from abiding in Mm -hmm. Christ, right? Jesus Mm -hmm. says in John chapter 15, um, you can do nothing apart from me. And I think that that's one of the most challenging things. That was one of the most Mm -hmm. challenging things for me in this season was just realizing that I can't do anything apart from God's mm. grace. I can't go in on a Sunday morning and fake it. Mm. I can't preach a sermon and make people respond in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that God wants to do in my life or through my life is, is an outpouring of his grace. Mm-hmm. And so you come to a very, um, I think a humbled place where you begin to realize God, this is, you know, I can't rush this. I can't get through this. And so all I can do is just keep persevering, keep trusting you, keep walking with you. And when you are ready, you're, you're going to convince mm-hmm. me of some things. You're going to do some things in my life, but that's all from you. I, I can't make those things happen. So it's really in many ways, a season of waiting and being patient and persevering for God to do what he needs to do in our own soul so that we can mm-hmm. now enter into those, those other stages mm-hmm. that we've talked about. And that's, what's interesting to me is that our, we can, um, you know, like we said, you make the choice to go onward and go through this and really let God change you. And there's so many people who, um, turn away from God in this time when the reality is that the only place we'll ever find peace is, is by abiding in Christ. Right. And so we can't give up on that. We have to to go onward and really work through this time. Well, this has been so good. Honey, I I was thinking of the listener again who is listening who feels like God is far away, who who feels like God is distant. And I'm wondering if you would um, close us out by praying for that person in particular today. I would love to. I would love to. Father, we just come before you today and we love you we trust you we know that you are with us and you are for us you've Mm -hmm. given us the gift of your son jesus who lived a life that we couldn't live and he died the death that we deserve and you raised him victorious over sin Mm -hmm. satan and death and by our faith in him you wash us clean You, you give us new life you give us the hope of everlasting life and you've poured out your spirit in our hearts and you've promised to never leave us mm. or forsake us. And so I pray for the listener today that, that doesn't feel your presence. They, they, mm. they sense um, that you are distant. God, would you, by your grace, draw near to them today? Would you show them just how dearly loved, how deeply loved yes, they are? Would they look to the cross and be reminded of how deep and wide your love mm. really is? And we just ask that you would pour out your spirit on them, that they would experience a fresh filling of your spirit, that they mm. would know you in new ways, in deep ways, that you would guard them, you would protect them from the enemy, that they would turn um, to you and not from Mm, you. And so we just lift up our listeners today. And we just say collectively as a part of this Root Like Faith family, we love you. We trust you. We want more of you and continue to grow each of us, no matter what stage we're in, um, continue to grow us and to transform us into the likeness Mm. of your son, Jesus. And it's his name, his good and powerful name that we pray today. Amen. 
Amen. Well, friend, we are so grateful you have joined us. If we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. Send us a DM because there's some of you that have already done that and we love it. Don't forget that everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. We welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. Would you do us a big favor and leave us a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends? It just takes a second. It's a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith and make sure that you tag us on social media so we can repost it. We're so grateful for your help in getting the word out. All right, friend. Well, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.